Welcome to the Cornerstone Vineyard Weekly Message Podcast. We are enthusiastic about all ages pursuing, experiencing, and having an authentic relationship with Jesus, others, and our community. Join us as we open God's Word and seek His direction in our lives. Uh, good morning, my name, my name is Matt Porman. I'm the lead pastor here at Cornerstone. Glad you're here this morning. And we are gonna actually jump right into our teaching this morning. So if you wanna grab a Bible, you can turn to Daniel chapter six in the Old Testament. Daniel six is where we're gonna be. If there, you don't have a paper Bible with you, there are paper Bibles spread throughout the auditorium about every other seat or so. You can grab one of those if you'd like. Uh, or you can go to, to uh, browse on your device to sermons.church and uh, search for Cornerstone Vineyard Church and all the scriptures, fill in the blanks, everything will be there for you in our interactive sermon notes for you there. All right. And to get us started today, I want to begin by asking, uh, maybe it's a silly question, but I think it'll launch us into our topic for the day. Uh, And the question is this, how many of you love to fail? Right, no, no, right, right, like, like, right, and I knew that was probably going to be the reaction, right, like, because we don't love to fail, right, like, when we set out to do something, we want it to be successful, nobody actually starts doing something going, gosh, I can't wait till this is uh, screwed up in a, in a complete failure, right, um, nobody does that, right, and so, like, if we could avoid failure 100% of the time in our lives, we literally would walk that out, right? Every single one of us would walk out where we would never be able to fail. Well, how many of you know that even though we avoid, uh, we, we, we can't avoid all failure um, altogether, like we're going to have some level of failure in our life, even though we can't avoid it, do you know that there's actually something that can help us avoid it as often as possible? There's actually something that can help us avoid failure as often as possible. Does anybody know what it is? The greatest fix of failure, I see I'm asking you hard questions this morning. Some of you are like, man, I haven't had enough coffee yet, all right? The greatest fix to failure is continuing to show up. Continuing to show up, some consistently, consistency, uh, continually being consistent will oftentimes be the fix to failure. How many of you agree with me? Some of you are nodding your head somewhere, you're like, Matt, whatever, dude. You need more coffee this morning. Somebody's like, Matt, you don't need more coffee this morning, all right? Like, folks, here's the reality, right? Like, it, let, me, let me go down this train of thought for just a moment, okay? Um, if you don't think that it is actually the greatest fix to failure, I, I want to show you a video this morning that, uh, that I found, and it's been going through my social media, like it's been all over the place on my social media probably the last month or two, and, and, and I want you to watch this because I think it's going to tee up exactly where we're heading today very, really well, and, and I think it takes this idea of consistency actually does prevent failure, okay? Take a look at this, and I'll make a couple comments. Oh, by the way, just side note, this is by a guy, an author, Simon Sinek. I don't know who he is, but I've been seeing this on my social media. Take a look at this. Do you, do you love your wife? Yes. Right? Prove it. Like, what's the metric? Give me the number that helps me know, right? Because when you met her, you didn't love her, right? Now you love her, right? Tell me the day the love happened. It's an impossible question, right? But it's not that it doesn't exist, it's that it's much easier to prove over time, right? So all leadership is the same thing. It's about transitions. So if you were to if you were to go to the gym, right? It's like exercise, right? If you go to the gym and you work out and you come back and you look in the mirror, you will see nothing. And if you go to the gym the next day and you come back and you look in the mirror, you will see nothing. Right? <laughs> 
So clearly there's no results, can't be measured, it must not be effective. So we quit, right? Or if you fundamentally believe that this is the right course of action and you stick with it, like in a relationship, I bought her flowers and I wished her happy birthday and she doesn't love me, clearly I'll give up. You know, that's not what happens. If you, if you believe there's something there, you commit yourself to act, an act of service. You commit yourself to the regime, the exercise. You can screw it up. You can eat chocolate cake one day. You can skip a, skip a day or two. You know, you, you, it allows for that. But if you stick with it consistently, I'm not exactly sure what day, but I know you'll start getting into shape. I know it. And the same with the relationship. It's not about the events. It's not about intensity. It's about consistency, right? You go to the dentist twice a year, your teeth will fall out. You have to brush your teeth every day for two minutes. What does brushing your teeth twice a day for two minutes do? Nothing, unless you do it every day, twice a day for two minutes, right? It's the consistency. Going to the gym for nine hours does not get you into shape. Working out every day for 20 minutes gets you into shape. Okay, so pretty interesting logic there, right? Right, so I, I, I you know, I've been seeing this smattering all over my social media, those kind of things, and I'm like, man, that guy's pretty smart. Like, he, that's that's a pretty good uh, out, outlook on life. Like working out, like going, like if you go this afternoon to the gym for nine hours, you're gonna look in the mirror and you're gonna be the same. Right? Maybe a little more sore, but you'll be the same. Okay? Right? It, no, it, it, going to the gym for 20 minutes uh, every day for, for, uh, for like two months or three months or five. Like, you know, the reality is if you, if you decide today you're going to work out for 20 minutes every single day, like tomorrow you probably won't notice a difference, but a year from now, you'll notice a difference. And what's the key? Consistency, right? Consistency. That's where success comes in, where when you commit yourself to what he calls the regime, right, the consistency, that's where, that's where we see success, right? Is when, and so if you talk about the, the greatest fix of failure, folks, it's consistency. There, it, it's, it's true. And we can't pinpoint, right, the day, like what he talks about, right, where there was success or there was love, those kind of things. But, but getting there, the, there, there was value and power to being consistent, continuing to show up. It often is the fix to failure. Take a look at the scripture, Galatians 6, 9. We see this in the scripture. It says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. See, being consistent, showing up, right? Uh, and, and if we do that, failure could be minimized. And not only minimized, this actually says that, that we, a, a success or harvest could come. Folks, there's power in consistency, Right? And I think we know this, right? I think we know this. But it can sometimes be hard to live consistent, can it? Like, I, I find it hard sometimes to live consistent. I was actually hanging out with some people last night, and we were talking about our spiritual lives, and, and we were talking about, like, then she, and, and she was here uh, last week when we started our series, and she was like, you know, like, I just, I want to be consistent. And, like, it doesn't matter, matter what happens in my day. I want to get up, and I want to spend time with God. But she was talking about the fact that, you know, maybe I'm not always as consistent as I want to be, as I desire to be. And so I want you to hold that thought for a minute, uh, and I just kind of referenced it, but you may be aware already, but we last week started a series called Predecided, Better Choices for a Better Life. And what we're doing in the series is we're over the next, like started last week and this week and then two more weeks and then four, four weeks in a row, we're talking about the value of predeciding, uh, of, of making decisions now, before we're in the situations and circumstances that we need to actually make the decision, we decide ahead of time what the decision's gonna be so that when we're in the decision, we can be successful in where we actually want to go, okay? 
And so we, and, and so we, uh, and not only do we do where we want to go, but ultimately that we can actually get to where God wants us to go, which by the way is way important, way more important. And so like we're, we're in this series, we're talking about the, that we can pre-decide so that we can actually be in shape. Not just desire to be in shape, but we can actually be in shape or we can have a good marriage or our teeth won't rot out of our head because, like he was talking about. Right? Or, uh, or we're financially and emotionally stable, or we're truly connected to God. By the way, all those things would be really good if we were able to experience all those things, right? Now, before we get to where we're going to go today, though, in this pre-decided series, uh, we were actually trying to get these for you last week, and we uh, weren't able to get them. Got, they got delayed. But uh, on your way out this morning, this is, you're going to get a tool. Hopefully, it's a tool that will be helpful for you as uh, to see the series go beyond just four weeks and transformation actually happen in your life. And that tool is this. We're going to give you stickers on your way out. It looks like this. Um, and here's what we're going to, I would love everyone to take one of these. If you, if somebody you, in your household isn't here today, grab one for them too, if you'd like. All right. Um, but I want, I want you to take this and on here, it has all four of our topics that we're covering this series and ready, consistent, generous, a finisher. And we, we, we put these uh, together so that ultimately you could find a place to put this somewhere, put it on a mirror in your, uh, in your bathroom or put it, uh, you know, on your, uh, front of your laptop or on your journal, on your Bible, those kind of things. And the idea is so that you can see this and go, you know, this is what we are going to be. We're going to pre-decide that we are these things. And maybe in like 20 years from now, you can still have the sticker on your Bible and remember who you actually are because of what you're pre-deciding, what God is doing in your life, okay? So you can grab those on your way out today, all right? And I hope that's super helpful for you, all right? And so with that, then we're going to jump into our topic for today, which you already, I'm going to go back to it. Our title this morning is Consistent When We're Tired of Failing. Consistent when we're tired of failing. Folks, being consistent, everybody say consistent. consistent. Oh, you got to have more gusto than that. Consistent. There you go. All right. Being consistent, having consistency, folks, I'm, what I'm going to share today is that it is a key to fighting failure. When we're tired of fighting and failing, we got to be consistent. We gotta show up and be consistent. We pre-decide that consistency wins. And so to, to give us our framework for today, some keys to kind of live this consistency thing out, we're gonna be looking at a story in the Old Testament. It's a story that's likely familiar to many of you in the room, all right? And it's pretty well known. It's the story of Daniel. And specifically, it's the story of Daniel and the lion's den. Though, uh, although the, the lion's den is a big part of the story, we're not gonna really focus on the lion's den per se in our time together today. We're actually gonna be looking more at what happens pre the den and post the den. All right, but uh, I think there's some keys in here uh, in this text in Daniel chapter six that'll give us some framework for consistency, all right? And so we're gonna start in verse one. We're gonna jump around a little bit today because this actually, this whole story takes a whole chapter of scripture and so to save time, I'm gonna jump around. So follow along as best as you can. So as in Daniel six, starting in verse one, it says, it pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom. Verse three. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. Verse 6. So the administrators and satraps went as a group to the king and said, we've all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any God or human being during the next 30 days, except to you, your majesty, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Verse nine. So King Darius put the decree in writing. 
Now Daniel, when, now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. So they went to the king, verse 14. When the king heard this, he was greatly distressed, verse 16. So the king gave the order and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, may your God whom you serve continually rescue you. Verse 19. At this first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice. Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to rescue you from the lions? Verse 22, just a couple more verses. May my God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the, uh, my God sent the, his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I ever done any wrong before you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. Now, again, probably familiar text to many of you, right? But I think there's some really good insights as we kind of look at it in the context of consistency uh, today, all right? So uh, we're gonna give you a few keys to being consistent, ways to predecide to live more consistent rather than consistently failing. And how many of you would love to live more consistent rather than consistently fail? I think we all would. So I think there's some really good stuff in here for us today. All right, let me pray, and then I'll give you those things. So let's pray. So God, uh, we pause uh, this morning and pray because if I just stand up here and talk for a while and you are not uh, just all over in your spirit, just in our hearts and our minds and our souls, God, uh, I think this will be a huge waste of time. But if you can uh, be among us and part of us and, and teach us some things as I uh, go through uh, what's I've prepared this morning, God, that I think it'll be well worth it. And we could see the change that so many of us actually desire and God, the change that you actually desire for us. And so God, I pray that you would um, take the next few minutes and just do supernatural things among us. Change us, teach us, grow us up. Pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, two points today. You can write this first one down on your handout. Be consistent by predeciding to be notably you. Be consistent by predeciding to be notably you. And I'm going to say it this way I'm being notably you every day, 100% of the time, be you. I'm gonna say that to you this morning. And I'm, I'm gonna get a little passionate about this because I think there's, uh, there, there, there we're living in a culture where this is not actually happening. Well, I think it's happening on the wrong way. Let's just say that, all right? Folks, um, uh, I know that might seem weird to say, like when we're talking about level of, of, of consistency in our life, this might be a weird point to start with. But, but I, I think it's interesting as I was studying this week and I was studying this text, I, I, I took notice of the fact that, that this story starts out at the beginning with Daniel in verse three by saying this. It says, now Daniel distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. And I thought, as I was studying this and I was not gonna start with this and I thought, gosh, no, like Daniel stood out. Like Daniel, he stood out. This says that he distinguished himself. He dif differentiated himself. Why? Because of his exceptional qualities, and his notable qualities. And so I actually think this makes way more sense than I first started thinking about this week as I was putting this together in regards to consistency because how many of you know, and be honest, that you and I as human beings can wear a whole heck of a lot of masks? By the way, the verbal mm, that just happened, we know that that's a real thing, right? We can sometimes... 
We can sometimes, and some, maybe for some of us, we can a lot of the time not be our true selves. I was just thinking of a couple things. For example, we can be people pleasers. Any people pleasers in the room? Right? You don't have to raise your hand. It's okay. Right? We can, we can be people pleasers and not truly represent our thoughts and our feelings, and, and we just appease people. By the way, they can only, you can only uphold appeasing people so long before it's going to crash and burn. Or I was thinking about sometimes we can play the victim and, and we fabricate or we exaggerate stories in order to get attention, especially in the world of social media, right? The world sucks and it's all on me, right? We exaggerate these things because we want, we want the attention for being a victim. That's happening all over the place. Or we, make, we, we put on the mask of debt that we've incurred to pay for the lifestyle that we can't afford, or we pretend that things are fine at work when our job is actually on the line. Or, or we pretend that things are okay in our marriage when there's actual distance and we literally can't even stand each other. We put on masks. And by the way, that happens probably most in the church. You see, we can sometimes wear masks in life. And what we see from Daniel, I think here, which I think is a significant thing when we talk about consistency, folks, is that he was, he was mask-free, I get excited about, how many of you know, I, man, I, I know that I wear masks in life. I know I can, but I, some of you know me that I'm t- I tend to be a kind of a, you get what you see kind of guy. And I, can I just tell you that the reason I, I do that, I try to do that as much as I can because I find it a whole lot easier to live my life that way. It's hard to live a mask, mask life. And how many are we wearing I think what we see in Daniel here is that that there was value to being mask-free. He decided to just be notably him, live consistently in his God-given giftings. And by the way, it worked out for him. At the end of the story, he didn't get eaten by lions. That's good. I'd say that's probably a pretty good day. But also, right, it says not only that, it that because he was only who, who God created him to be, it says, right, that that verse says that the, the king was gonna put him in charge of the entire kingdom. He didn't get that way because he made sure that that everybody at work liked him and so he put a mask on. No, he got all of that because he was just who God created him to be. Folks, can you, oh, this is a tangent. (laughs) You know, sometimes I think that we put these masks on folks and we, because the reason we do is because we actually think they're gonna be better for us in the end and actually they're worse for us and being just us could actually take us farther. Daniel was just who who God created him to be. And so I think, folks, we need to simply decide that we're going to be who God's created us to be no matter what. Take off the masks. And you know, the, 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 the reason that, one of the most common reasons that we don't take off our masks, the reason that we put masks on in this life is because uh, what is called, and you've probably heard this before, what is called imposter syndrome. And that's the fear that the world is going to find us out. And so what we do, uh, that if, we tru- if we truly show ourselves to the world, that the world's going to look at us and go, oh, it's just you. So there's this fear that, that we gotta be somebody else. And so, so we, we, we put on these masks and we become who others want us to be rather than who we truly are. But folks, what I found is in my own life, and again, I'm not perfect to this, but man, I found it so much better to be who God's created me to be. And that is actually the best thing that I could be. I want some of you to hear me today. You came in this morning with a mask. And I said mask this week, and my wife was like, I feel like I've got some like trauma from that word, from the 2020 whole thing, right? I'm not talking about that whole thing. 
But folks, I, I, wanted to, I, want to, I want you to hear me. Some of you came in with a mask this morning, and I want you to know that God wants you to know today that just being you, who he has created you to be, not what you want yourself to be, like I think there's a difference there, but who God has created you, God wants you to know that that's the best thing that you can be. Can, do you all know that God doesn't make mistakes? Be you. I heard someone once say, um, be yourself because everyone else is taken. <laughs> be you. Or biblically, right? Psalm 139, 14 says, I praise you, God, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Folks, you are fearfully and wonderfully made by the God of the universe. And yes, I'm yelling, I'm not gonna apologize, Sarah. She tells me, don't apologize. Folks, you have been fearfully and wonderfully made by God. There is value to being 100% all the time, every day, you. And the wonderfulness that God has created you to be. Because if you don't know it, oh, this might be for somebody too. Folks, if you don't know it, God has put exceptional qualities in you. There's not a single person in this room that God has not created with exceptional qualities like Daniel. Not one. God has given you exceptional qualities. And so we have to, oh, I put in my notes, folks, we can't fail when we are who we've been created by God to be. You can't fail when you are who God has created you to be. You want consistency in your life? Be all that God has called you to be and nothing else. How many of you know you'll win? Be you. And here's the thing about masks, folks. Here's the thing. We were not born with masks. We put them on. So guess what? We can take them off. I think now more than ever is the right time to live maskless because it is exhausting, folks. Some of you are exhausted. You're exhausted living with your masks. And it is exhausting to live that way. And I actually think the worst part of it, not only are you exhausted, but then you truly forget or have started to forget who God's really made you to be. And you, gosh, are his special, I don't have this text, but there's a scripture that says that you are his special possession. Don't forget that. Don't forget that God's made you special. I think, folks, uh, what I wanna, again, I thought it was really weird when I first started working on this, but this whole idea, if we are not our true selves, we will never kind of gain the consistency that we really want in life. We gotta, we gotta decide this first. Got to be notably us. I think actually if we do that, we'll find it very rewarding. So that's the first part. Of this. Now there is a second part of this, this point before that, that I think is important to, to point out. It's worth mentioning. It comes from verse four of the text. Verse four says, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. And so another predecision that I think that we gained from Daniel in this whole idea, this idea of being notably us is that integrity and actually upholding his integrity was very high value to Daniel. It was very important to him. It says that, right, that they tried to exploit his conduct by, by trying to find something and that they were unable to do so. I love that part of the text. They, hey, we're gonna search and we're gonna dig and we're gonna do all this stuff, right? And they were unable to find anything. 
He lived his life, Daniel lived his life in such, such uh, integrity and above reproach, right? So far up that, and did so consistently that, that they couldn't find anything. I think Daniel was like, I've just pre-decided. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what's right. And if, if, somebody, if somebody says, tells me to do something that's wrong, I ain't going to do that. I'm going to do the opposite. Like he just decided, he was predecided. decided He was going to live upright. And because he did, these people who, by the way, they had a lot of resources, they found nothing to charge him with. I think that's a significant thing. And so then it reminded me of something that happened uh, the past couple of years to my son, Elijah. And I have, I've got permission from Elijah to share this story with you because it's a, it's a big deal. Um, but like back in like 2020, 2021, we couldn't remember exactly where, where it was. Um, but by the way, do you know that was a pretty crappy couple of years? So it was kind of, it was, it was a tough couple of years and those kind of things. So this added to um, the, the crappiness and the poor man life. Um, but my son... Uh, Elijah, which many of you know Elijah, he, uh, there was someone brought an accusation uh, against Elijah, and they brought it to me and to my attention. Uh, and this might shock you. Uh, I'm not trying to just to shock you. It's just the reality of the situation. But the accusation was this, is that Elijah was smoking pot and that he was selling it to other students. Pretty serious accusation, right? But as, uh, as Elijah's parents, um, we, our first response was like, no way. Right, we know our kid, but we also know, I've done enough life with families and teenagers that sometimes people that you don't expect to make bad choices make bad choices. So we, we didn't want to just assume that Elijah couldn't screw up because, right, we're all human, we can screw up. And so we took this accusation to Elijah, we took it seriously, but uh, rest assured, it was all fabricated, okay? We all, I mean, we went to significant lakes to f- make sure that it was fabricated, okay? Uh, to actually to the detriment of our son in some senses. Um, and, and so I tell you that because it was interesting as we started to kind of share some of this with, uh, in the midst of it, we're asking people to pray for us and some, our, some of our inner circle, some of our friends and family. Uh, the response from literally everyone when we said, yeah, the accusation was, and like the response was this, no freaking way. There's no way. Like they, they're talking about your son, Elijah? Like it had to be another kid who's named Elijah, right? Like that was the response of every single person that we told right? Actually, there was one guy who's not a Christian. He's a friend of ours. Uh, and, uh, and his comment was this. He goes, man, Elijah loves sports too much to be smoking pot. And I laughed. I giggled a little bit because I was like, yeah, that's probably true, right? Elijah's too driven for sports, those kind of things. And, and, so, uh, and, so, and so I tell you that part of the story because like, yes, it was frustrating. It was so frustrating. It was so hard to go through. Um, being accused of something like that is, that's a, like, not only saying that my son was doing drugs, but then also a drug dealer, that's a big deal, right? And so, um, but, but it was, I told Elijah, I said, you know, bud, look, look at it this way. I said, you're living your life with so much integrity that no one believed the accusation. No, I mean, there wasn't even, like, even as we as parents, we were trying not to be those, like, oh, never my kid thing. We didn't believe it. And so we were like, like, no one believed it. And I was like, take, take that for what it is, but keep, I said, man, he's right over here. I said, man, keep being notably you. And I told him, the way to go. Every single one of us, we just want to raise kids that can live a life like that. Somebody brings an accusation, somebody's like, well, no way. I didn't know I was going to cry, like Man, that was a crappy time, but God, at the end of it, the cool story is that my son still has his integrity and nobody's gonna shake that. 
Folks, we have to pre-decide. Man, we want to be consistent. We got to pre-decide that we're going to be us, no masks, living above reproach. Because if, if we're consistent there, if we're consistent in who God's created us to be in, in, in our integrity, it might just be the thing that, that, we, that will help us do it, to be consistent. It could actually be, in Elijah's case, right? It could just be the thing that actually uh, saves our butt a little, right? It could be the thing that, 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 um, that allow us to live the life that God wants us to live and that we actually want to live. So being consistent takes being notably us. That's the first thing. Second thing, be consistent by pre-deciding what rhythms are non-negotiable. Fill that in. You may have caught this as we read the text before. Really, it's kind of the whole reason I uh, chose this text for this topic. It says in verse 10, it says, now when, Eli uh, when I <laughs> Elijah, I'm starting to talk about you too much, Elijah. All right. Um, now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where he, the windows opened towards Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to God. And that underlines just as he had done before. You see, Daniel was rhythmic. Yet he kept his pattern, his pattern of prayer, and it didn't matter. Like he was doing this prayer thing. I don't know how many years he'd been doing this prayer thing, and it didn't matter what the outside circumstances were. He did just as he did before. He decided, pre-decided, that there was a non-negotiable rhythm that was gonna continue in his life no matter what happened. It became the norm. It became what fleshed out. And so, folks, we need to decide the same thing like Daniel. We need to decide what rhythms are non-negotiable in our lives. And so I thought about a couple of things, like kind of bring this, let, let's relate this to us, bring this in the room. Look, if you want to be consistent, you want to have a healthy marriage, pre-decide that your kids won't take precedence over your relationship with your spouse. Pre-decide that they, like, right, that they will not take precedence. So no matter what, your relationship is going to come before your children. I just made some people mad. Folks, that's the way it works, right? I was just thinking about uh, my, my family. So just, just recently we had family photos done. These are our family photos. Um, and uh, man, we got a pretty good, good looking crew of people right there. And so we got the, the, the pictures back and we were excited to have them back and those kind of things. So Monday, well, my day off, I was, I was taking the photos and I put uh, a couple of them on my phone. And, and so then uh, I, you know, made my lock screen this, this photo of Lee and I. Um, and so I made my lock screen that one. And then, and then I made my home screen this one on the right. And Leah was like, why do you not have the kids on your phone? And and, I, and so this was my legit response to her. I, I literally said this. I was like, because you're more important than they are. And it was funny because even that night we were, we were uh, around the dinner table and my kids, <laughs> like we told them that like, hey, like, oh yeah, mom and I had this conversation, those kind of things. And I was like, yeah, because you guys are not as important as your mom. Now I love my kids. I absolutely adore my kids, but I want them to know that in this life, folks, and I want you to know, there's not a single human being on the planet that will be more important than my wife to me. None. Not even my children who I love like crazy. My wife, the human being, like God's more important than she is, that's the only person that's gonna get above my wife. It's non-negotiable for me. So maybe for you, you need to reevaluate your life because your kids have taken precedence over your spouse. And it becomes non-negotiable that now your spouse is the person who's gonna have the most importance in your life besides God. 
Or maybe beyond that, maybe you decide every Friday is date night and it's non-negotiable. It doesn't matter what outside circumstances are. You're going on a date night. You're going out. It becomes the norm. Or maybe it's not about marriage. Maybe for you, you want to be more consistent in your health journey. You don't want to crash and burn like you've done so many other times. Well, you pre-decide. You make some specific time slots uh, where you're going to, and, and how many times you're going to go to the gym you're, and, you're not, and you're not going to do the whole workout for nine hours thing and not do it for three months, right? You're going to literally set some times, set some, some parameters. You're going to make some time. It's going to happen and it's non-negotiable. I was just thinking this week about my own uh, health journey. Many of you know that we started at the beginning of the year and, we, and I feel like God was kind of pressing me to do that. And so I've given up soda all year and uh, I haven't had a pop since I was like, since like January 1st of like 2021 or 2022. So like, it's just really cool. So like I've been in this process and so I shared, I think at that point that I was trying to ride my bike on a trainer inside my house for 30 minutes every other day. And I was doing really great. I was doing that every day. I was just being consistent with those kind of things. And then it got warm outside and I took my bike off the trainer because I wanted to ride outside because riding outside is so much better. And so I started to ride a little bit in June and then a little less in July, a little less in August to the point where I, don't th- I can't remember the last time I got on my bike. So you know what I did this week? Set my bike up. My bike is, we, uh, we moved, I told you guys, we moved to lodge downstairs, and so there's an empty room upstairs now, and so I have my bike on the trainer upstairs, and so it was really funny, because even on Monday, I was like, okay, my goal is, I'm going to set the bike up. So I got the bike set up on Monday, I was feeling really good, and then Leah says, so you're going to ride it? <laughs> I was like, no, today was just setup day, baby, all right? <laughs> Folks, here's, I, like, I've, rid, I've ridden, my, ridden my bike three times this week, sweating my tail off upstairs, Right? Because I wanted to, like, it was a, a level of consistency that I was like, mm, I, need, I lost my consistency over the last couple of weeks. I need to get back in it. And so, like, hey, and maybe that's what you do. You just need to, and by the way, like, again, remember that it's not the nine hours in the gym. It's the 20 minutes every day or every other day that's going to make the success come. And for me right now, I just want to tell you, I'm going to, part of it's just because I want accountability. Folks, it's pre-de- I'm pre-deciding that I'm getting on the bike every other day. So ask me. Okay, so maybe it's not physically. Maybe it's financially, and there's a need for consistency with money, and you pre-decide that you're no longer allowed. I'm going to kill somebody on this one. You're no longer allowed to stop at McDonald's and get the Diet Coke. I know. I know. Right? Or you're not allowed to stop at Starbucks on your way to work, or, 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 or you, you, you con- like you're saying, hey, the pre-decision is going to be that I'm packing my lunch every day. I'm not going to go out with the people from the office because you actually want to be able to pay your bills on time. By the way, it's important to pay your bills on time. Okay? Or, or not only pay your bills on time, like some of us, right, we live such a, a, a paycheck-to-paycheck lives sometimes that, that, like, we don't even have gas money at the end of the week or end of the month. But we had seven Diet Cokes. <laughs> so maybe it's that predecision. It's no longer negotiable, right? You, you, you have a consistent change, a predecided decision, so there's a desired outcome, and it's not negotiable, period. I'm just trying to give you practical examples. Finally, maybe, maybe um, it's like Daniel, and it's a spiritual rhythm, and you decide that your alarm is going to go off 30 minutes early before you actually need to be up so that you can get up and read your Bible. And, and, and you don't decide at 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock, or some of you way too late, that when you go to bed, you don't decide when you go to bed if you're going to set the alarm. It's pre-decided. 
It doesn't matter what happened that day. It doesn't matter if you were tired. It doesn't matter if you had a fight with your boss. It doesn't really matter. You're going to set your alarm 30 minutes early. I started doing that over the last couple months on, on Thursday or, uh, yeah, on uh, Thursday, no, Wednesday mornings. On Wednesday mornings, I started, uh, some things have changed in my schedule. And so I started just sleeping in a little bit. It was like, ooh, baby, get to sleep in. And the Lord convicted me and said, yeah, but you're not reading your Bible on Wednesdays, Matt. So I get up a little early. I come into the office. That's the first thing I do is I read my Bible before I start doing my work for the day. And it's pre-decided. It's what I do. And so, or, so maybe it's not that you set your alarm. Maybe it's you, you pre-decide that you're coming to church on Sundays. You don't, you don't wait and, and see what happens, how Saturday goes to decide you're coming to church. You just, you're just here. You just show up. We have a sort of a non-negotiable spiritual rhythm uh, at the Pormon House. I think I've mentioned this before, but uh, on Monday nights, Monday nights are set aside for us. It's our family night, and so we don't plan stuff. Um, every now and then, it, something kind of ekes into that, but for the most part, we push aside everything else to prioritize being with each other, and we have dinner together, and we worship God together, and then we do our family devotions together. It's pre-decided. Our kids know that they can't ask us to do stuff on Mondays. Can I go to friend's house? Nope. It's pre-decided. We've already made the decision. It's one of the places that we want to have consistency as a family, and so we, we do that, and we make sure that we prioritize being with each other. So I don't know if any of those connect with you. I actually thought of one more. Uh, maybe this one might, and then we'll move on. Um, do you want to be consistent in being a habit or an addiction? Some of you in the room, you might be in a place where you need to, to beat a habit or addiction. Um, I just really felt led this week to, to maybe you need to pre-decide that you're going to be here on Monday nights. We have a great program called Celebrate Recovery, and you're going to be here. You're going to be here every Monday night. Don't make the excuses, all the stuff. Bad. By the way, Mondays always suck for everybody. I get it, right? But pre-decide you're going to be here, and it becomes what you do. And, the, and that consistency, creating success for you, not failure, because you're tired of failing, often consistency is the key, folks, for us when we're tired of failing to be more consistent, because I think sometimes we can be caught up in, a, in what I would call the crazy cycle of failure. And, and, um, and sometimes we don't know how to get out of the crazy cycle of failure. At least that can happen in my life. I thought about it like it's sort of like Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul writes in Romans 7. Some of you know this. This is in the New Living Translation. Apostle Paul says, I don't really understand myself. For I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Talk about a cycle of crazy failure. And the idea that I'm trying to get at with this point is, is, is this, is folks, what if we live life so we don't have to live it like that all the time? We're, we're, we're always just caught up in a crazy cycle of failure. Again, I think we all would want to be more successful. I think we all do want to be more successful. But it's going to take some intentional pre-decision making. What's non-negotiable, what, what things are just pre-decided won't change no matter what the, the day of the problem is. Like the, 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 whatever, whatever happens the day, that day, whatever the problem is, you're just going to keep going and doing what you're doing. Proverbs 26, 11, and we're going to be getting ready to close here in a minute. Proverbs 26, 11 says, as a dog, right? some of you know this verse, as a dog returns to its vomit, so fools repeat their folly. How many of you would love to not live that verse out? I would love that. 
And that's the idea with this consistency thing, right? Like for that to happen, we gotta be like Daniel here. We gotta set some serious rhythms. We can't be shaken and we've gotta decide, we've gotta pre-decide what are, what are, where, where are we gonna be consistent and what's not gonna be shaken? Daniel wasn't shaken. He went up and prayed just like he'd done before. Where do you need to pray? Where do you need to just go do what you've done before? That's our second point, right? Be consistent by pre-deciding what rhythms are non-negotiable. And so as the worship team comes to get ready, I'm gonna bring up a question for us to consider today. And I actually have something for you to do today with that. And so the question is this, what area of my life am I most in need of consistency? What area of your life, of my life, are we in need most of consistency? I want you to think about that. Think about that for just a second as the worship team gets ready. I want you to think just like, maybe even close your eyes so you can focus a little bit more. What area of your life, is it physically? Is it spiritually, emotionally, consistent, financially, or relationally? Uh, Where do you and I need to pre-decide a non-negotiable rhythm? Because my guess is every single one of us has at least one. Maybe for you, um, you need to be more notably you. Maybe that's the thing that you need to pre-decide. But what's yours? What's yours? And I put a line on your handout today. Um, for you to fill that in. And I, I want you to really, I really do want you to write something in today. Like sometimes I know I say, hey, write something in and nobody writes anything down. Like write it down. What, what, where's your area of needed consistency? Because I'm gonna have you do something with that uh, this morning before we're done, okay? So I, I really do want you to write something down. Just write something down, know what it is, okay? What is your area of needed consistency in order to see greater success? I actually think it's a phenomenal thing to think through and reflect on in our lives. I, to be honest with you, it's why I've made some of the changes that I've made even in the last couple of weeks in my life because I've lost some consistency. And I'm gonna end with that. Um, and so here's what I want you to do. I want you to stand where you are, um, if you would, and then uh, we're gonna sing a song and it's a time of responsive worship. So this is an opportunity for us to be kind of listening for the voice of God and what might be uh, specifically here for us today. And then I'm gonna give us an opportunity to, uh, to pray together, okay? So sing the song, but listen for the voice of God and then we'll pray together to end our service today. Thanks for joining us this week. We pray that you are challenged and blessed by this message and that you find application for it in your life as God leads you through this week. For more information about us, please visit our website at cornerstonevineyard.church.